Welcome to Explore Expert Conversations, presented by Realogy, bringing our global network to your front door. Hello and welcome to the first episode of Explore Expert Conversations, brought to you by Realogy, a show that features discussions with leaders across the Realogy brands and the industry at large, featuring high-level advice for brokers, agents, and investors around the world. I'm Matthew Ferrara, philosopher, speaker, and real estate expert. Today, I'm speaking with President and Chief Executive Officer of Realogy Franchise Group, Sue Yannacone. Sue is here to discuss the importance of diversity and inclusion in the industry, as well as the importance of shared experiences. So let's lean forward and get ready for Explore Expert Conversations, presented by Realogy. Hello and welcome, Sue. Thanks for joining us today. I've known you for a long time. I've admired your career and just your personal energy and belief in this industry so much. So I'm just thrilled to have you on our conversation today. So uh, thanks for being with us. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me here. I'm so excited to be on this podcast with you and talk a little bit about not just the industry I love, but how we can make it so much better together. Well, what helps all of us, I guess, is to get a little sense of your background and where you come from, how you initially got into real estate, because I'm sure that is the foundation for a lot of your perspectives on what we do today. So tell us a little bit about how you get into this great business. So I've always done something within this industry. You know, I I always go back to being in college. I'm a, a Clemson Tiger and I have a degree in finance, but I have a concentration in real estate. So even in college, I was taking classes focused on real estate. I appraised homes as a class in um, college and then came right out and got my real estate license. I like to say that I ultimately ended up here because my parents moved me all the time as a kid. And so I found this deep love of home and just the whole business of moving and what it meant and, and have a unique perspective, I guess, of how it impacts family the whole experience soup to nuts, you know, five states, close to 11 houses before I was in sixth grade. So lots of moving, you know, and then I just transitioned over time. I felt that I was in commercial real estate as a licensed agent and I loved it, but I didn't feel overly passionate about it. You know, it was something I could do and be successful in, but I didn't deeply have a passion for it. And so I over time morphed into the the franchise side of the business and and been in this side for over 20 years now and that's where I found my passion the sort of bringing together my love of the business with my ability to help serve entrepreneurs to be successful in this business that's where I found I was able to make the biggest difference and that's uh 20 years of doing lots of different roles on this side of the house for sure you know, it's funny, so much of our, our love of this industry does start when we're young, starts from our, our primary experiences of our sense of home and, and moving many times. I, I can't tell you how many people in this business really I have met where their spark, their love for this industry started there. And then I think in your case, the ability to sort of morph into the other side of it, helping people who make this business go be more successful and make a difference in their communities for people that we were when we were young is really amazing. You eventually got into, you know, leading real estate franchise brands, right? Uh, Including ERA and regions for Cobalt Bank Realty. How did those experiences and, and really the collection of your experiences on the franchise side of it prepare you for your role today at Realogy? I think everything looking back ultimately prepared me for this role, you know, and, and I've, I've never lost sight of 
the difficulty that a entrepreneur has, a, a salesperson, ultimately that agent getting up every day and having to go out and work for that business, you know? And then when I moved over into the contract admin and the legal side, negotiating those contracts with broker owners now, just understanding that from my core, what they were putting forth to us, the responsibility and and the expectation, the brand promises we were making and how critical it was to deliver on those. And, you know, I've always looked at it as these are traditionally in our industry. And while it's changing, these are these are people who are first, second, third generation owning these companies and there's significant value. So that has always been with me, the close connection to the people that truly run this business every day in the field, the absolute servant leadership mindset that I bring, which is understanding their needs and delivering it to them as a customer, while of course keeping the needs of the business that I'm running in mind. And then ultimately at, at Coldwell Banker Realty, getting a really deep current understanding of what's going on in the brokerage industry, what a manager is going through every single day from recruiting, from retention, the number of hats they wear, you know, everything that drives that business today and putting those things together to think about how to evolve our franchise business model. How, what is our customer need today? And how is that different than 10 years ago or five years ago? What is that competitive landscape and then really helping educate and drive awareness across all of the Realogy franchise group of that business today. What is that boots on the ground experience? So how do we inform everything we're doing and building with that ultimate need uh, in mind? So I think it all pulls, it all comes together in, in um, serving our customer first and foremost. I think one of the key aspects of, of your leadership is how close you are to the brokers that you work with. You know, you you understand where their perspective is. You understand their day-to-day needs. And I think they feel that. I think that they definitely sense that in the kind of leadership that you have that's not just uh, for, you know, the press, not just for public consumption, that you truly do care about the people that you're working with and, and that you're working for at the same time. Let me move towards the sort of theme for today, which I think is near and dear to your heart and something that the real estate industry actually has sort of had at its heart all along. You know, we're an industry that is uh, very much focused on fair housing. We're very much an industry that has been at the forefront of social change for for, for decades uh, in, in uh, North America, to say the very least, around the world. But these days, you know, the very special attention on diversity and inclusion is more critical than ever. It's more important to what it means to be a great real estate professional, but also to play a role in society. And I just, you know, I, I want you to just sort of talk to us a little bit about really why this focus is so critical to you, why it's so critical to Realogy, and what are some of the benefits that being focused on diversity and inclusion bring you know, to the brokerage as well as to the communities that we serve. Yeah, absolutely. And and it is something that I'm very passionate about, Matthew. You know, look, there's a truly good business reason, and I'll talk a little bit about that, that goes beyond kind of the moral imperative, right? And we are born from our communities in real estate. That's what we do. We serve our communities. We help individuals buy and sell homes. And that is such an intimate 
transaction. It's a huge financial transaction, but it's also highly personal. And it's also the first stepping stone in many cases to wealth building. And, you know, that feeds our communities and that helps the collective, right? And so I think there's this moral obligation to help others raise up and to do more and to be more. There's also on the other side, the true business imperative, right? The the actual good business sense. And it's our responsibility as an industry to create opportunities for people that all weren't always op- afforded those opportunities in our industry, right? And 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 that is that's the platform we have, and that's the obligation we have. There's an increasingly diverse home buyer pool, right? When we look at the demographics of who is going to be creating the most new household formations over the next ten years, it's the Hispanic community, right? So we have to be able to serve those both from a from a language perspective, from understanding the cultural aspects and what home buying means to that demographic. And then, you know, you look at just the results of businesses that have greater diversity and companies in the top quartile for racial and ethnic diversity are 35% more likely to have financial returns above their respected uh, respective national industry mediums. That's according to McKinsey. And Highly inclusive organizations have, you know, 1.4 times more revenue generated than others, right? According to Gartner. So these are these are significant proof points in the business imperative to serve the future consumer, right? And that to me, when you couple that with who we are as an industry and what we mean to the fabric of our country. And I just can't overstate the obligation and the responsibility we have to help foster that inclusive ownership opportunity. And and that starts for me with the buying and selling of home for individuals and how we create pathways for that to how we encourage more agents from diverse backgrounds to look at real estate as a career to then ultimately helping more and more diverse individuals become the entrepreneur that owns their own business through our inclusive ownership program and the other things that we're doing. So it's it's a full life cycle and kind of a flywheel that I see starting to create there for us as we change the direction of our country. It makes a lot of sense. I mean, I think the marriage between uh, the moral imperative and the business imperative really shows us that there's only good that can come of this, right? There's only many goods that can come of, of of having any focus on this, even if you're just starting out or if it's something that has been, you know, in your heart for a long time. I know it's certainly been a major priority for you um, and for Realty for a long time. So let me just ask sort of from the perspective of how does uh, how does it begin? How do you cultivate this sense of diversity, this inclusion in our industry, how do you not only cultivate it, but nurture it? Like, what are the ways in which, you know, people listening to us could say, I can play a role, I can have a positive impact on that? Yeah, it's for me, it's about taking taking opportunities to create tangible opportunities for people to thrive, not checking a box. It's not about saying, oh, I went to this meeting or, oh, I, I listened to this thing or I... I attended a conference or, you know, in my role, I sponsored something that is a component, but it is not you're not done. Right. That is a that is a a box. Right. But it does not create the totality of the opportunity. So I think it's important for companies to create truly actionable agenda items 
to further their engagement in their communities. Become not just a member of, but a participant in, an active one in your local markets, within NARAP, within ARIA, within NARAP. Like create a, a true partnership there. You know, become an active member of those communities. Take a look at, you know, where you are recruiting from. Are you engaging with historically black colleges and universities and creating pathways for opportunities to recruit or to enter your leadership ranks in marketing and finance and, you know, to create that diversity of thought around your table. We at Realogy have launched, obviously I launched What Moves Her. We have the Inclusive Ownership Program, the Empowering Latinas work that we're doing through Century 21, and then taking those things a step further. So to me, it's evolving each of those taking a look constantly and saying, okay, so we have the inclusive ownership program. What's next, right? What? So now we've got this diversity, this increase in diverse leadership. How do we help them be successful? Because checking the box would simply be giving them the franchise or awarding them the franchise and the opportunity. No, we're saying, okay, where are you in this journey? How can we help you become better leaders through the expansion of our Accelerate program within Ascend that we're working on and launching, which is tailored to the unique needs of the diverse owners within our population. And so I think it's taking the ideas, executing, and then consistently evolving on them and never feeling done, right? Constantly learning from the communities that you're serving. I think it's really important that we do that because for a long time, we've talked to issues, but we've not We've not had the difficult conversations. We've not been willing to really put our money and our backing and our support behind it. And I think that's, I, I, I know that's what's changing here at Realogy. And hopefully it's what we're going to see change throughout the entire industry at large. You know, I, I love how you basically challenge everyone listening to sort of take some responsibility for the next step. And as you say, not just join groups or attend a, uh, a conference and say like, well, I, I did my part. And, and there are some, some really good groups out there that are giving us opportunities to participate. As you, as you mentioned, Aria, uh, NAREP, uh, NAREP, these are groups of, if our listeners aren't clear on those, the National Association of Hispanic Real Estate Professionals, the Asian Real Estate Association, and also the National Association of Real Estate Brokers and others out there that give us, you know, ways to contribute. You also went a step further. Um, you know, I think this is one of the reasons why you're such a great leader is that you said in addition to Realogy and yourself personally participating in groups that already existed, you saw a need and said, you know what, I think there's another initiative that is critically needed out there. So you launched the What Moves Her movement a, f- a few years ago now, I think in 2020 or so. And, and the goal is to, you know, inspire and support women leaders and, and help them not only find their path to leadership, but then sustain it, sustain that leadership role as a business, but also personally within our industry. Tell tell us a little bit, first of all, about what really motivated you to take such a bold step and then how it has been unfolding. Yeah, it's been amazing. You know, we have over 5,000 women in the community now in just two years. And it's across the industry, as you said, right? Because I, I do think this is something we are all in together. And so when I launched this, I opened it. I said, this is very intentionally not just, I, I was at Caldwell Banker Realty at the time. 
And I said, I'm opening this to everyone. This is not just Caldwell Banker Realty. And it's the same thing now as I've expanded it across all of Realogy and the brands. I'm excited to talk a little bit about what we're seeing there. But I was really challenged by Ryan Gorman, who folks listening may know. He is the president and CEO of Caldwell Banker Realty to find a thing. And Matthew, I laugh. I'm like, I have a thing. I, I have a job. I'm a wife. I'm a mom. Like, I'm tired. What else do What else do I need to do? But, you know, <laughs> he knew, you know, and, and, and I sat with Tanya Rune-Arvaez, who's our chief people officer now. And I said, Tanya, I think I think I have a platform I want to leverage for women. And I want to use my voice and I want to do it my way. And what was amazing is that it just kept snowballing, right? It was like, I realized this. I said, I want to do this. And I went and I grabbed a couple women around the organization and some men. And I said, hey, I'm thinking about doing this. What should we do? What would this be? And I said, at the core of it is showcasing authentic leadership, women who are doing what they do their way and having success doing it, finding a, hearing a different voice You know, we have a lot of women in this industry that are doing amazing things and that have, you know, led brands and led companies, but we don't always showcase them and we don't always have really honest conversations about what it takes as a woman, as a mom, as a young woman to reach as a caregiver, as a, you know, all of these things to really do it authentically. And I talk a lot about it's exhausting to try and show up as someone else. And I think we have generations that have done that. And it's just been amazing for me to watch it grow, to watch the women in the company that have reached out and called me and said, I want to be a part of this. And and we're, we're focusing on showcasing diverse voices in this, right? So women that are from all walks of life and from outside the industry too, you know? So it's just been a passion project that's grown and, and it is, it's focused on tangible leadership opportunities. We give financial, you know, how to help thinking about, you know, your finances in a different way or bringing experts and different things to the, to the program, but ultimately showcasing the diversity of thought in our industry through that lens. And where does it go from here? So, I mean, you know, you've put tons of resources, you've collected together these uh, perspectives, these insights, um, 5,000 plus people participating. Where do you see something like this going? What's what's part of the vision for you with the What Moves Her movement? Every time we get on the phone, it evolves through an ideation session. You know, what haven't we done? What more can we be doing? Getting the feedback from our team. So last year, we launched it to all of Realogy. And we're creating, you know, that opportunity for executive women in leadership within Realogy, which is a next level sort of integrated approach to this, along with Ascend and some other things that we're looking at. Each of our brands have launched their own or expanded their own. So Sotheby's International Realty has the Women's Inspiration Network, coupled with what moves her now. And ERA has their Hera Society that Hera after the Greek goddess of, you know, so, um, you know, it is. It is now going to me and, and, and it's expanding to that tactical, tangible in-market opportunity. So how do I now help individual broker owners showcase their leadership and their opportunity and help them understand what women may need or be looking for? And how do we pathway for them? How do I have conversations with more women who are in this industry who may say, man, you know, I'm working at this amazing brokerage in in wherever, but 
how do I get there? Like, I'd love to make that connection, right? I want to do something different. And alternately to also absolutely raise up and celebrate the amazing women who are running their businesses that are actively choosing not to go into the corporate side of things because they're having just tremendous success running their own businesses. And, you know, I, I have an example of how we've seen this evolve. If, if I can just share, I just spent time with a group of women and they were showcasing a panel of women in leadership that were part of building one of these brands, 50 year celebration of the industry of the brand. And it was ERA real estate, 50 years. And it was a panel of women entrepreneurs that had been part of that company and sharing to an audience of their different ways of getting where they were. Everybody came at it some way differently. Everybody had different challenges and came at the business differently. Those aren't the women we hear from every day. But man, I can tell you coming out of that room, I've had from that room, I had people you know, say, man, you've kind of saved me here. Here's where I'm going. I've had other women call me and say, I'm applying for this job because you told me to go ahead and do it without checking every box. So it's that tangible, actionable inspiration, but action that I see just, I don't see an end to it, Matthew. I just see it becoming more <laughs> and more impactful as we drive that change. When I think about Realogy as a whole, I think about your tenure, I think about all the amazing women business leaders across the Realogy brands, you know, the head of uh, ERA, and Better Homes and Gardens, Sherry Chris, Pam Liebman, um, Stephanie Anton, just so many amazing women at different roles across the organization and throughout the organization, not just at the tops, you know, in, in every different area. You know, one area that I wonder is sort of like, how does that fill your bucket? You're surrounded by these amazing women who, you know, you you are doing so much to nurture and you're also trying to pour into, but they must pour into you some amazing things as well. You know, what what is that energy like being around that kind of uh, that kind of organization where women are succeeding and are being, you know, uh, uh, given the opportunity to lead major organizations? It's so gratifying. It's so much more than that, too, though. You know, I mean, part of my coming to Realogy about six years ago was that I that I saw I sat with, you know, Tanya and and others and Angie and others in the organization. And I saw that there was potential here for me and that it was going to be fostered and I was going to have an opportunity for somebody to actually pull the seat out at the table for me. Not that I'd have to go, you know, kind of build my own table like I felt like I had been doing a, a lot of my career. And, you know, I had Alex Perillo, who was my, you know, predecessor's predecessor in this role. And he was on my What Moves Her series recently. And he said, look, genius over gender. Right. And, and I just love being in an organization that thinks that way. And the What Moves Her movement has given me so much more than I really even knew I needed you know, I can, I can be comfortable being a more vulnerable leader now because I know that it's valued and that it's helping others become a leader that way. And, and it is truly impactful, not just with women, but with everybody that, you know, I work with that authenticity, that realism, that approachability. It is truly understanding that, that we do have the opportunity as individuals to make an impact. And whether it's one person or, you know, more than that, that's important to me. And I, and I didn't, I didn't have that. I didn't have, you know, I've never worked for a woman. I never had 
somebody that looked, you know, kind of came at it like me, you know, and, and I, I want there to be less discomfort in coming to work as your whole self. And that's part of this diversity, equity, and inclusion. The ultimate, the ultimate goal is belonging, right? And, and we want to feel that we show up and we belong everywhere we go and that we're, we belong in that room and our voice matters and any little bit I can do to help people do that. Cause it took me a long time to feel that way. And I love talking to the next generation that feels that way. They're starting, they're coming in that way now. And I love that. It's fun. It's fun to see. I think that's, I think that's so powerful, really. The, the permission that you give yourself and then the permission that you help others give themselves to bring their whole self to work is it's really a blessing in a lot of ways that people don't necessarily realize that before these types of initiatives, before leaders like yourself, not everyone had that opportunity. So it's um, it's a it's a very special um, gift that we, you can bring. Let me um, let me ask you maybe a little more personally now. So you you lead a, an organization that has you know twenty one thousand worldwide offices, three hundred and thirty thousand brokers and affiliated sales associates. They're doing business all over the world, right? One hundred and fifteen countries and territories. But at some point, <laughs> there's only one Sue Yanacone, right? There's only one person who can try and have meaningful relationships with so many of these brokers. How do you manage that? How do you manage that energy? How do you manage that time? Do you ever, you know, find yourself wondering, is it is it too much for you? Or do you look at it and say, wow, I would I wouldn't trade this for anything. And I can't I can't wait for the next conversation. How does that how does that work for you, Sue? So yes, all of the above. Um, <laughs> you know, look, I think, you know, this is part of authenticity, right? Like there are absolutely days where you're like, oh gosh, right? Like it's a lot. However, it is my passion for it. And I think that's why people become successful in whatever their chosen field is because you you do get fueled by it. I mean, ultimately I was just at a conference. Uh, I've been at a couple conferences. I leave again next week. I look forward to them. They drain me. I mean, a hundred percent, you know, I'm a little bit of an introvert that way. So I need to go get refueled outside of it, but I believe I am better and we are better as a company when you have those relationships, when you are able to truly connect with the people that you're serving without them, without my, without our brokers and without our agents, I don't get to do what I do. And so I do really believe that. But I have an amazing family. I, you know, my husband, I have an 11 year old little girl. So I, I do like her seeing some of this right from that perspective is, is kind of cool. But, you know, it's important about setting boundaries and understanding what those boundaries are, being honest about them, not being afraid to set them and knowing when you need to kind of tap out. Right. It's OK to not always be able to be on and not always be able to show up and then surround yourself with a very strong team that you trust that can show up and know when that's their job and they're better suited to show up, knowing that you don't have to do it all, that that's not your job, right? That there's other folks around you. You do what you're most qualified to do and ensure you have an amazing team that can be uniquely qualified to do some other stuff. But the relationship, team, Matthew, like, you know, being able to talk to people about what matters to them and how their family is, I don't think you get too big of a role for that. That is that is so I, I love hearing about that and, and connecting and you see the journey these people go on. And I think it helps us be better leaders because of it. 
And it probably recharges you too. It probably, you know, every time you have that conversation, it re-energizes you to keep having, you know, more of those, of those conversations. So, you know, let's, um, let's maybe take this in a slightly different direction for a moment. You know, if we bring it all the way down to the individual contributor. So, you know, these are major initiatives at RioG, major initiatives like what moves are, you know, organizations that we can connect with and do a lot of work, but ultimately, you know, there's that one agent in the street. There's that one agent who is going to get up today and think about their day-to-day business. And part of what you're saying is issues like diversity and inclusion are sort of just the tip of the spear when it comes to housing or industry policy, getting really invested in the big issues around real estate, because real estate is part of a bigger uh, um, um, part of society in, in itself. How do you encourage that individual agent to make this a priority, to make issues of diversity, inclusion, and just greater housing industry policy as important as just, you know, working on their individual business today? I like to remind agents that this is their business, right? That they comprise the business and what is happening on the industry side in their communities, in the diversity and equity and inclusion, the customer they're servicing, that impacts their business. So if they're failing to understand and involve themselves, it will happen to them. So things, they will lose control over where the business is going. It doesn't matter how much strategy or planning or, you know, oh, I want to sell this many more houses next year. That's awesome. And I encourage everybody should have their business plan and everybody should have a strategy and you should know your numbers and all of that. But what's impacting that beyond that spreadsheet that you're looking at can truly make or break your ability to continue in this business, right? And if, if you're not aware of the market demographics in which you're working and who that customer is that you ultimately are going to have to serve, and if you're not aware of their needs, they're not going to be your customer. So all the planning in the world doesn't matter if you don't know how to reach them. Right. And and I think that's really important. I think the industry awareness, know your business, know what is happening to your business, be aware of the issues and how they impact you today and potentially down the road. Don't have your head down so far that you're just working in and not on and, and become involved, read up you know, connect the dots and stay involved because if you truly think this is a business, if you are looking to create a career in this industry, you better be an active participant in it because it is stuff we can control with our voice and with our involvement. And, you know, it's critical that we do that. It's a little bit of a, of the irony of the housing business is in a sense, we, when we say housing business, we focus on housing. We focus on you know, inventory and construction and the actual physical structure. But more and more, we really realize it's about people's lives. It's about that interwoven relationship we have with a client. It's a relationship we have with other other brokers and, of course, our relationship with the community at large. And so I think in a way, the individual's contribution is recognizing that it's not houses that we're really dealing with every day, right? It's it's people in our neighborhoods that we're dealing with every every day. And and in a way that gives us a bit of a responsibility too, right? I mean, I am, you know, what role do we play in that big picture issue, that dream, which is so real, of home ownership and and making it more equitable, making it more widely available to everybody? When you start thinking in those terms, 
it kind of changes your role, doesn't it? It does. It, it enlarges it, you know, from this very transactional nature that I think many over time have looked at the business very transactional, right? They're on to the next, on to the next, on to the next. And I get that. I get that fundamentally you need to continue to build your pipeline and do your deals and close. Like we have to, right? That's that's how you're you're feeding your family and you're paying your bills and, and all of that. But it is part of a larger ecosystem and it's part of something that drives society. And, and it I, I think sometimes we've lost sight of that, right? I think it, as an industry, we talked a lot about tech for a lot of years and, you know, all of these things, but it's um, it is still the relationships and the people and it is a fabric. It is how wealth has been built in our country for a very long time. It is like the fundamental cornerstone. So how are we not just educating our customer about the transaction but the long-term value to them and their family to owning a home. Are we giving back in our communities to help? I was talking to a broker who you know goes into disadvantaged communities and does education sessions with his mortgage company, his title company, his insurance, in order to help educate and then carry forward. How do you set up that financial planning? That's making it about more than just you and the checking the box, right? That's about taking ownership, creating a long-term business that is sustainable and repeatable then because you've provided significant value. So I think it's a, it's why are you really in this and what impact can you have? And as I said before, one person can make a really big impact. And if we look at it that way, we could do a lot together. We're, we're, we're a big number strong here in this business. Definitely. And I, I kind of hearken back to where we started in our conversation when I said, you know, how did you sort of get, get into real estate? And you said, well, I moved a lot as a kid. And sometimes we have to remember that that's really where our work shows up. It might just show up in the life of a kid. It might show up in the life of a family that's making its next move. And we might not even realize just how important a role we play in making that possible for them and making it something beneficial, right? For one kid, one family, one new opportunity that wasn't there before, how that ultimately ripples across our uh, our entire society. So thanks for sharing these um, thoughts with us and giving us some perspective. I'm just amazed at um, how much you have accomplished personally, but also uh, Realogy and all of its relationships have accomplished. And I think that in so many ways, you've given us a lot more to think about in this business than just where the housing industry is going. You're really talking about where we as a society are going as well. So thank you so much for being with us. Thank you so much for having me. An important conversation and one I am thrilled to have had with you. So thank you. Well, that looks like all the time we have for today. I want to say a big thank you to Sue for being our guest on the show and taking the time to dive into the importance of diversity and inclusion in the industry. Be on the lookout for our next episode. And if you enjoyed what you heard today, please be sure to subscribe and rate the show. And also leave us a review. Thanks for listening. I'm Matthew Ferrara, and this has been Explore Expert Conversations from Realogy. We'll see you next time.